Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. Today we have with us evolutionary pioneer and co-founder of Humanities Team, Steve Farrell. He transforms the definition of success in his new book, in his new book, we'll tell, okay, so his new book is a new universal dream right here. I'm going to mention it again, okay? Um, he details his journey from Silicon Valley to a life in service to humanity in this book, A New Universal Dream, available in bookstores now. Alongside Neil Donald Walsh, the author of Conversations with God, Farrell co-founded Humanities Team, a nonprofit organization based in Boulder, Colorado which streams mind, body, and spirit courses focused on helping people throughout the world awaken to their deeper selves and the interconnectedness of everything. Okay. Welcome, Steve. So good to have you. Randy, thanks so much for having me. Been looking forward to coming on your show. Yeah, I've been looking forward to having you. I love the color of your background. That's my color. <laughs> Thank you. It's beautiful. Okay. So just give us a brief overview of um, how, it, how you came to found a Humanities Team. Okay, well, I came to found Humanities Team by, um, uh, I, I was in Silicon Valley, really, you know, in that uh, very fortunate place where I was starting a couple of businesses, and my businesses just really took off. Uh, I took two businesses from from uh, two guys used furniture and a very small executive suite to uh, the first one went to about 175 people called Enterprise Networking Systems in the data integration business. And then inside of that business, we founded a second business all in consulting, kind of in the same space called Netagy. And that business uh, went to uh, about 750 people. They both went to about 75 million. The first one in 10 years, the second one in two years. And during that um, incredible time in my life, that chapter where I was in Silicon Valley uh, launching and then the CEO of these businesses, I, I had my personal awakening experience. And my whole life completely changed uh, based on that personal awakening experience, so much so that I sold these businesses. I was uh, then was there in the center of wealth creation that, because these business uh, opportunities invited me then into that club where like Gavin Newsom was in my chapter, uh, who's the governor of California and, and other people really equally astounding, you know, bright um, visionaries, all of this, but business people. And and uh, as I was going through this, I, I it, it really led me in the direction of a, a family and a spiritual path. And I realized I needed to to leave Silicon Valley, I needed to leave this business association. I needed to leave these businesses and devote myself to to family and a spiritual path. And uh, I'd come to know Neil Donald Walsh there in the 90s was I was in that whole business thing. And we became friends and and he reached out to me and uh, and he said I, uh, 20 people actually and had a little planning session in his home. And he said, would you help me launch humanities team? And I was I was the one in the room that uh, helped him launch it, and then and then six months later, 
in there in uh, 2003 led humanities team 20 years now to what it's become the largest uh, global nonprofit and transformational education it's amazing you have some really star people really key people in that team um so humanities team is basically about conscious living conservation unity things like that so how do you describe conscious living so let me share this book that you referenced i'll pull it up to a new universal dream and it's.com <laughs> if you want to learn more and some of the chapters are opened up but but what it is about is this i'll call it the great migration to conscious living and conscious business and and even the age of consciousness that we live in now now this is not something that is being reported it's a very underreported phenomena but as we know, and I'm sure your, your viewers that are here, they're all part of this great migration that I speak of. And uh, and so what I did with this book, and, and and my book is just the story of my life. It's the true story of a guy, a little 12-year-old with divorced mom, to, to private jet world and all of that, to uh, conscious living where I really found it, you know, the real delicious thing. And um, so what I do in, in, in the book is I share of the, actually all the decisions, my own decisions involving my migration to conscious living and then my migration to conscious business from regular business. But I'll share three of the key decisions, maybe most important decisions on this whole conscious living path. The first one is to really honor that still small voice that we all have. We all have it, it's our soul's calling. And because there are these key moments and and I'm sure you remember these in the book where the whole world in your your family included who love you dearly are saying don't do that you know do you, don't go in that direction you're not going to be happy if you do that they're scared for you uh so that's the first decision we have to we have to honor that still small voice and just let know these people love us they're well meaning but they're not really uh, telling us what we need to do the second one is is uh comes from that which is is it's a self-identification. So, and I had my own moment where I was sitting in my townhouse and I was like, okay, Steve, you're one of two things, not both. <laughs> so you're going to live your life from, from one of these. One, you're Joe and Linda's son in this body, you know, in this lifetime, maybe it's the only lifetime you got. Or two, your parents were just the airport terminal. They're not source. They they didn't, you're you're not offspring of 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 them. They're just the airport terminals that delivered you. You're the son of the most high, just as everybody viewing is the son or daughter of the most high and sent here to this planet at this time. And of course I chose the, that latter self-identification, everything changed. So, and then the third key decision is a process in, on this great migration. And, and the process, the way I would outline it is one awareness where we're really paying attention to things around us. And we notice, for example, that a lot of the things we're doing aren't serving us and, and including in the collective where things aren't working so well, right? So awareness kind of starts it. Then education where like science and spirituality and embodied practices and philosophy really can inform us and deepen our spiritual journey. The third one is the delicious part where we come into the delicious life. It's like, um, so you go to a Michelin restaurant, it's eating the meal. <laughs> That's not just looking at it, eating the meal. It's 
it's embodying and expressing these teachings. You know, our whole life changes where we really understand, no, we are, it's not just, you know, you're the um, likeness and image of God, a little three minute or on Sunday. No, no, no. You are that. <laughs> you are, you are the daughter and the son of the most high live into right. that. Every day. Yeah. Uh, and then the fourth one is what we're doing now, which, which is how it spreads, engaging others and just inviting people to it. Uh, so those are the three for conscious living. And I'll just briefly mention quickly uh, the three big decisions for conscious business, because I'm an entrepreneur as well, is uh, how you, with higher purpose, launch that business so everybody wins. Two, how you recruit the right people. Uh, and it's easy to get that wrong. And boy, do I make did I make a lot of mistakes. Wait, I tell it myself throughout the book. My sister, by the way, said, Steve, you're kind to everybody in the book, but one person, yourself. Yourself. <laughs> and I said, well, I wanted it to be an honest book, you know? Mm -hmm. so, um, and then three is um, how you build that culture of conscious people where you're kind and you hear each other and you have gratitude and you're grateful for what gifts people bring. Uh, and then you, you create unbelievable productivity. Now you wouldn't, you wouldn't create that culture just to get unbelievable productivity, but that is a byproduct of it where people feel loved and supported and really heard like that. Wow. Just get out of the way. Cause they're going to just power that, that business of yours to unbelievable. Right. right. Um, you know, I have been doing this show a long, long time, 12, over 12 years. And I've interviewed so many people and in many different spaces, but most of the people that I interview that have become enlightened and conscious started in corporate environments, um and and like you you know silicon valley and they all had a calling that made them leave and and just venture into this unknown unchartered territory i and i think that's truly amazing and i know i saw on your uh site that suzanne giesman is one of the people and i know suzanne i've met suzanne she was friends with my sister um, and I know her story. She was a naval officer, you know, and it, it's just amazing to me how certain people are given this um, enlightenment spark, whatever it is. And I do believe that it's because you and other people are organized thinkers. You're organized planners. OK, so, you know how to do this right. They're not going to give it to anybody who's just reckless and, you know, um, and careless. They're going to give it to people who are like you. Let me just say uh, thank you for that. Uh, but let me just say a few things. I, I mentioned I was the middle kid. I was one of seven divorced mom, worked full time. Mom didn't have much time to even know, you know, did we even go to school, much less mm -hmm. to be a worker. Homework get done. Uh, and I tell the story in my book, you know, my guidance counselor said, Steve, you know, you are just really average. You just, you know, you got to just live under that. You are an average guy, man. You know? Uh, and so that, that's, that's how I grew up. Um, and then there are many other things I could, where I tell on myself here. So I just, the reason I'm sharing this is honest to God, you know, this was one of the reasons I wrote this book is Every one of us, you know, we were all told these things. You know, I was just a listener. Middle kid just listens. You know, the the youngest and the oldest are carrying all all the conversation. I wasn't destined for for greatness, believe me. Uh, it was just 
you know, I, I shared in my big three, the first one, you know, that inner calling, really listening in it and following. And, and that is not easy. It's why part of why I wrote the book is so to help people get their legs strong where where their own parents and their best friends are saying, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Do not do that. You know, because what I'm saying is, is every viewer here, if you honor that inner inner calling, your soul's calling, and you do these things uh, that I lay out, you know, with with honesty about my own life. I promise you, you will come to the same promised land in terms of, wow, you know, can't believe in my home and in my case in humanities team, how many people were touching. Um, uh, Suzanne Giesman is a wonderful friend. Uh, she does have a remarkable story. We can all live into these stories. So that would that's that's really my primary message is this is the age of consciousness. It's the age of really following our inner calling this whole migration right now you know in the northern hemisphere geese are all flying south right so we're in our own migration the press is not reporting on it this migration to a whole new way of living on the earth where we really truly get up in the morning go to sleep at night with i am the son or daughter of the most high sent here to do uh incredible things and sometimes the incredible things are just taking care of a child or an elderly parent right exactly. Sometimes it's in a community and other times like with humanities team, it's the whole world. So, but just following our own inner calling, that's, that's right. the thing. And, and to follow our own inner calling means we have to get out of our own way and that, and our ego really stands in the way a lot of times. So it's, you know, and I know that I, I work with people who have gone, um, are suffering from domestic abuse issues, psychological domestic abuse issues. And and I try to show the bigger picture when I feel like it's going to be received. But people have a very hard time moving away from the control they have and feeling like they're just this physical body and this physical thing and that their brain is controlling everything that they do. Um, but for those who have been able to release that and embrace it, that... <laughs> the healing is incredible and where they go with it is incredible so your team or you have shifted away from the traditional concept of god to the all-loving divine so what is the difference between those two things as you see it so um First, you know, dear boy, you are so right on there in what you said there, you know, that this is really getting out of our own way and this whole ego of, you know, and mind controls us and so on. And so this is part of why, you know, in my, I was saying awareness, then education, then embody, then engage, you know, the education, you know, and the awareness and then the education and body so crucial where we really believe with all of who we are, I am, you know, the, I, I have eternal life. We, you know. Uh, Einstein's equation, E equals MC squared, E is energy. This It's an energetic universe. Spiritual universe is all energy. It's all vibrational. Uh, you can't, there's there's no way to delete or stop energy. You can't get rid of energy. We have the properties of energy, everlasting life, just like the universe and the divine does. Uh, and, and living into that, but, and, and then self-compassion really is so crucial. We could just spend a whole hour talking about self-compassion where we help ourselves, you know, come out of this. Mm -hmm. uh, thing that you talk about of you know we're ego and smaller life and chatter and these things mm -hmm. to really just you know go back to wow how loved we are you know we are we are so loved so i just want to i want to emphasize that now though getting to what to your question this whole 
uh, divine as uh, benevolent and not malevolent, you know, all loving. It's 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 one of the key features here, you know. And mystics, of course, down through the ages have shared this, right? We we know the mystical teachings. Uh, Hippocrates said that there's only one flow. There's only one thing, one one common mind. This was in 450 BCE, 2,500 years ago. And now science is affirming it. You mentioned um, that I work with faculty, Greg Braden, Bruce Lipton, Lynn McTaggart, Nassim Harriman, heart math leaders among them, um, others as well. And um, they're all sharing the latest science that even Nobel Prize for Phoenix, physics is sharing entanglement, you know, meaning that things on different sides of the universe, there's no physical connection at all, and they're deeply affecting each other. This is an energetic universe, right? Uh, and the scientists are saying, as they net it all down, they say the universe is non-dual. So this whole we grew up with, you know, I grew up in the Catholic Church, of it's dual. Now there's this evil, you know, there's a fight going on. And, and say, no, it's just not true. You know, this is a harmony that's not, or a universe that's non-dual and in harmony. Uh, and these are your your characteristics too. Uh, it's actually pure love and pure light. And then you mentioned Suzanne Giesman. We work with her, uh, James von Prague, Karen Nelly, a lot of the most incredible mediums. We also work with the NDEers, Dr. Evan Alexander and others. Mm, okay. Uh, all share, you know, of this all-loving afterlife, right? But don't worry about people when they transition. Oh my God, the afterlife that they go into, phenomenal. The people on this earth, that's where you want to be concerned. That's where the great challenges are. So as you educate and- I so agree. <laughs> come into this whole benevolent, just what you said, you know, yes, all-loving God, um, all-loving universe, non-dual, and so on. Okay. So in other words, God was did, was not represented as being all loving. So the concept of God that we were presented with was judgmental, could get angry, could be vindictive. And I never bought into any of that. I, that never made any sense to me. I'm like, why would God do those things? But it's created fear and it's created uh, conformity in so many groups. Um, so the all loving divine is, from what I understand, the all loving divine had no ability to experience, it just was right. So it fractured into all these souls. And this is what we're here doing, we're here experiencing for the source, right. So um, we are all, you know, sometimes I hear people say, we are God. No, we're not God. We are all part of God. Right. But directly, direct um, sparks of God, right? Right. Emanations of or offspring of. We can use different terms, but yes, right. we're, all, we're like waves under the ocean, right? Yes, exactly right. Cells in the, in the superorganism called God, called universe. I like to use spiritual terms because I think they're, they're going to more bring in the miracles that actually are part of this whole energetic mm -hmm. universe. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I do want to point out that um, you talk a lot about the scientific aspects of this. And it's very, very important to do that because otherwise people just think this is just like some kind of airy kind of 
woo-woo philosophy and there's no uh there's no basis for it but you cite several scientists who have explained this in scientific terms now when i say scientific we're talking more about the quantum science than we are talking about the traditional science right i am yeah i, I bring in science because as you mentioned this is not new age uh, you know, th this is not that. Th these teachings go back just over 2,000 years. The mystical teachings have been this, but now science is just coming in weekly with these, especially quantum science, as you mentioned. Quantum science just means down with microscopes, you know, where we're really looking at the atoms and protons and at at, uh, at that level, at the world around us. And uh, so I'll just even share, Einstein said in 1921, okay, this was 102 years ago, <laughs> he said, and he's the most renowned scientist probably in the world, right? So we hear his name all the time, even now. And he said, the greatest illusion in the world is the illusion of separation. Years ago. And then uh, there was a much longer quote. Uh, I won't read the whole quote, but we're part of a whole, the universe limited in time and space. And and that, that we have this optical delusion, he called it, where we think we're separate from each other. And he says, this creates a prison for us. And so our job must be to break out of this prison, you know, and embrace the whole of humanity and the world. Now, you know what? If humanity's team could, that could be our mission state. Exactly what Einstein said so many years ago. It's exactly that. Break out of the optical delusion. Let the quantum physics uh, steer us, which says that everything is is interdependent, interrelated, interconnected. In fact, it's one. There's a universal consciousness animating all of life is one way you could you could frame that. Um, one other thing I'll just bring on, on the science quotes, an Einstein quote that again goes right at the heart of what humanity's team doing is doing. He said that no problem can be solved at the level of consciousness that created it. So what that means, of course, is we've got to elevate, we've got to go up elevated consciousness, evolved consciousness to really solve the problems both individually and collectively in the world and that's what humanity's team is doing with our streaming platform is we're doing that we're we're sharing of how we live individually uh, in this conscious living this great migration to conscious living as i was calling it how we do that it's an inside out job this whole thing so you know in some ways i felt like on this journey that i describe in my book it's like a christopher columbus but not of new lands of really more of it's an interior world you know a world where we really come in touch with our inner selves and who we really are and where we are in our daily practice we're listening to that we're guided by that right and then supported by that mm -hmm. vision's always supported by your provision um so and then uh, i say inside out because once we start living that uh then you know what we're just you you naturally nurture um your home the community the world you, you can't be starting a GMO or type company or something. It's all about serving life first. That's, that's, that's really uh, our primary objective when we, as we become conscious. And I do believe that um, it's important that we embrace who we are. We will never be happy until we do. That's a very hard concept for people who um, have been told they don't matter their whole life like you, you know and many of my clients and actually myself. Um, so it's very hard for us to say, oh no, I am incredible. And I'm incredible just the way I am. I said to one of my clients yesterday, 
I said, please be who you are. We need you because we don't come together unless all of us are authentic. So um, this is about um, embracing a new spirituality. Is It's vital, you say, that we remain authentic and true to our own spiritual path, that this is not a, cause for, a call for conformity, but an invitation to find unity amidst, amidst our diversity. And I really love that statement because that's so true. We're not, it's not about being, being the same. It's about being different. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's the beauty of oneness. You know, I always love the Olympics of the opening ceremony and they're just all coming in as like, Oh my God, you know, talk, you want to fall in love with humanity, watch the opening ceremony of the Olympics with this diversity, these different colors and flags and, and people and these different cultures. And it's, it's, Oh my God, you know, and this is our planet right there. And, and you think, oh, if we could only live into that every day, right? Just this beautiful diversity and oneness. Uh, oneness is the furthest thing from hub, from something homogeneous like, uh, you know, milk that's gone goes through some filter, and we're all the same. It's, it's there are all these beautiful expressions, just like you said a little earlier. That actually, there's a turnstile in life. You know, we we are sort of that pure love and light, but that wasn't enough. You were saying so. So we want to come in and sort of understand that. Maybe that's what life is about. That's how I see it too. Uh, so, and that's where then we're bringing our own gifts, you know, our own our own expressions of oneness. Yours are different than mine. They're equally beautiful. And it's really that whole symphony when we are all playing our own music, bringing our own gifts. That's that's conscious living in its fullness. And that's that's the most beautiful thing that we can imagine. It really is. And it's hard with the state of the world that it's in to imagine that that's possible. But I always say that the way we solve these issues is not through anger, protest, resistance. The way we solve it is by if all of us would shine our light a little brighter, understand who we are, all of that would be extinguished. And it's such an easy, effortless way to do this. You know? Yes, exactly right. So, you know, uh, you mentioned Neil Donald Walsh is the co-founder of Humanities Team, uh, this 501c3 nonprofit that that um, uh, that I'm also a co-founder of. So the, the last book, and the, there's there's nine books in Conversations with God. The last one was 2017, very unexpected book called Awaken the Species. Okay. And Awaken the Species, Neil says, what are we, why, are, why is there another book? Because uh, he said before that, Home with God was supposed to be the last book. And God says, because half your planet right now is knocking on my door, God's door, with how are we going to create some kind of sustainable and reasonable future for our kids? It's very scary down here. So that's why, Neil, that's why we're writing another book called Awaken the Species. And so, and it's a hopeful book. And it says that the hardest part of this journey to conscious living is behind us, which made my jaw drop. But then as I sp spent time with that, it was like, yeah, it's true. This great migration I'm referring to, we're, we're actually well into it if we really sit with that. The other things it says that are really hopeful, it says this is, and it capitalizes it in the book, the perfect time for advancement. Why? Because it says, just as you mentioned, it's so challenging out there, you know, and so many of us have jobs that are not really, they're just depleting us. We're we're uh, fatigued in these jobs. We're right. just paycheck. Uh, that 
I mean, it's a great time to just say, well, I'm I'm going to parachute out of this crazy stuff and <laughs> you know, into my deeper values. And uh, so, and then it says we're one decision away from this whole new way of living on the earth. So I'm just underscoring here, Randy, the things you were sharing. It is the perfect time for advancement. We can do this and we are doing this. And I think the reason actually for our interview is we're just trying to support people that know that, but that uh, maybe a little encouragement can be helpful. Well, that's true. I do this show because I like to bring different perspectives to wellness and spirituality and everything, because I know nobody grasps, not all people grasp the same thing, but it could just be a sentence that you say, or the way you say it, that could go ding in somebody's head. And, and if it just affects one person, then, you know, that's the purpose for doing this show. Um, so in the quest to embrace new spirituality, you say it's, okay, so we already talked about that, vital to remain authentic. Okay, um, what is, how do we learn to experience what you call the pervasive presence of spirit in our daily lives? So, boy, and it's so important, this this is uh, going at a lot of these things we've been talking about too, where we maybe don't, we're not feeling that great all the time, and we're kind of in the roller coaster of life. Um, so conscious living, the way I like to describe it, because it's true for me, it's like we're on a raft and we're floating above the daily roller coaster, which I experienced too growing up. I know what that roller coaster is. You get up some days and it's like, this is not a good day. You know, this is a challenging day, right? And then other days of, oh, this is fun, you know, but it's roller coaster like that. Now, uh, in conscious living, where we create this daily practice and we're going within, right? This whole this saying, if you don't go within, you go without. So this daily practice is, is we're quieting our minds, we're going within, we're communing with this uh, God of our understanding and remembering that, remember these teachings, the quantum physics is saying everything is deeply connected. So I used to pray to the God up in the cloud somewhere. I was in the Catholic church, an altar boy, actually. Um, now, you know, I know she's right here. I don't, she's not she hasn't gone anywhere. That power plant, that whole universe, two billion, three trillion stars, God is right here, you know. And so I'm I'm praying to her slash him that's within and just communing and feeling her energy, her love for me, for life, for for uh, this healing that's going on, this great migration that's going on. Uh, so this is crucial because this is what anchors our day. If we've got to have a daily practice like this that creates that raft where there's this energy of that beautiful, loving, all loving, all light, uh, divine that is living within us. Uh, we, we're going to miss, a, you know, we we kind of have, a, I have trouble seeing how we go very far at all, where we can't get on that raft and start living more in this really beautiful space. So the this roller coaster, these ups and downs and dark and light and um, just moods, good days, bad days. This is duality. And so I think what you're saying is it's not necessary to live on that roller coaster. And I know for most of my life that I was on one too. You know, um, so you have good times, you know, and then you just know something's going to happen at some point. So this is a perfect reason for trying to move past duality to a more consistent place. And I, you know, with all the people that I interview on this show, 
I can see this movement. I see how many people are rising up into this. It is absolutely amazing. Because when before I started doing this show, I felt very alone in this. And I had nobody to talk to, you know, because it's been, you know, years. I've, I've been like this for years. I just love it. And it's one of the reasons I really love doing this show is because I can talk about this now. And it's, it's everybody's grasping this or, or contemplating grasping it. So um, I love to talk about that. The community is so important, as you mentioned, I, I'm the same way. So with the humanities team, my partners and colleagues, they're all like this. And then I work with this. I mentioned the faculty, these people are all the science, the spirituality, the philosophy, the, the body practices. Uh, so, and and what happens, I think for so many, I'm, many of your viewers, I'm sure, feel like they're on an island. I, I felt that way too, you know, earlier in my mm -hmm. life. Even your partner doesn't, you know, usually just one of you will, come along and your partner maybe later if at all mm -hmm. uh so you know we where there's community and like we're here together we know there are viewers that are like this this is really cool you know where we're all on this in the great migration together it feels good you can feel the heart energy of it uh you can feel its inspiration you can even feel the vision of us really getting there you know a world that really does heal just like what your show says uh so yes it's it's so incredibly important and humanities team our streaming platform, you know, is really a technology, but we call it really a community because even though there are hundreds of video trainings and we do live programs all week long, yeah. uh, the Dyer sisters, Wayne Dyer's daughters uh, do a program. Urban Laszlo does a program. There are all of these incredible live programs we do too. Um, and they like, just like this, they help people gather and just kind of feel the good energy of what's happening in the world today that's, that's conscious. Yeah. I had Irvin Laszlo has been on my show. I interviewed him. It was very interesting. Yeah, he's a he's a real, I mean, a hugely important guy in today's world. He really is. And, you know, and he's so conscious. I mean, most when you look at someone at that age, you just assume that they're old fuddy duddies, you know, but he is so conscious. He's like 93 yeah, now. I know. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, like I say, well, I'm in touch with him almost every day because he does programs on our platform and we we partner together because his work is just like humanities teams of, you know, it's it's uh, important, it's urgent, let's go, you know, and we're we're in the same, looking at that same North Star with him. Oh, that's great. So we've talked a lot about the individual experience of um, of consciousness and non-duality, but there's more to this, right? There's more to this. There's a collective experience that is happening and there's so much possibility, the more of us that jump on this. So what is this collective experience that we're all striving for? Well, let me share, um, even its, its possibility and then back up into today. But what has been prophesied uh, and, and, and by so many of these mystical traditions, conversations with God also, uh, and A Course in Miracles and, and things, is uh, that nobody will be left behind. That this planet actually, when we talk about oneness, this unity and diversity, this omnipresence, where we really know we're part of the omnipresence, 
that this is unfolding into its fullness now, and there's no stopping it. So, um, uh, which means then, and, and humanities team, one of the things we also share is to make conscious living, uh, which is kind of how we frame it because it makes it approachable for a lot of people, make it pervasive worldwide by 2040. So that's in 17 years. So, you know, I mentioned daily practice, this whole communing thing. So one of the most important things I do in my own daily practice is I'm actually feeling that the whole world is there now, that we're we're awake. You know, we've, we've gone through this personal awakening where we know ourselves as offspring of the most high. Our relationships with our partners are based on that, which is, that's not transactional, I'll tell you. It's not even relational. This is a divine presence. It's the juiciest thing we can imagine. Um, and schools and businesses. And so just feeling into that, this is metaphysical. Remember 2000 years ago, it was said, it's done unto you as you believe. Well, I believe what has been said. I believe that we're unfolding into the fullness of it. So what does that feel like? And let me just feel it like it's fully created. And then I'll get up from my daily practice when, oh, no, it's, it's done. It's done. Uh, and then so backing up to today, it's not done. You know, it's not done at all. It's unbelievably challenging um, right now. And so, but, and that's why it's so important that we're having these conversations. We're living this ourselves. People can feel its energy. I think its energy is contagious, actually. More than the words of, that we're sharing, it's the energy of it that's the contagious thing of, I want that. I want that. I want to be on that raft. You know, I don't want to be on that roller coaster anymore. Right. Um, so you were, you said that we're all going. Okay. Now, I don't think, you know, when you say that, I think some people who don't fully understand this just go, we're going to go from here and then be here. Okay. So I think there's a transition and I don't think we're all going at the same time. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. I mean, uh, so my my dream for myself is just that before I leave the planet and transition, that this pervasive pervasive doesn't mean it's all happened. It just means there's a tipping point and it's and people are noticing around them. Oh, my God, there's you know, the world is changing in this in this really to this sustainable and flourishing direction. Uh, so it's this is this is in um, worldly terms is a very challenging, very hard thing. I don't go there in terms of thinking of the great challenge or the hardship, because that's not going to help anything uh, other than just to let people know I see what they do too. I'm not, I don't have rose colored glasses here. Uh, but I do understand, as you mentioned, when you come into this life, what we're trying to do is just be an expression of that. That's kind of why we embody, right? So so what's the highest uh, vibration expression of that that I can be today? That's what I ask. Because uh, I think that's where I'm most valuable to myself and my own home with my kids and my wife and, and in the world around me. So, and yes, I know this is, it's a slog right now. It, it, this requires patience, uh, perseverance, uh, really hope and belief. Uh, but uh, that's, that's, I think, what we're all trying to rise to right now. Mm -hmm. Yes, hope and belief. That's really the key right there is to be able to not get stuck in negativity and, you know, wallowing in what's happened, but to have hope that it can get better. And so when you talk about this shift, I've heard it described in different ways. I've heard it described as a change in dimension. So 
that we're moving from the third, sort of through the fourth and into the fifth, where there won't be this duality, where it will, we, we will have, we will communicate psychically. Um, is that how you see it or do you see it a different way? I'm honestly, I'm fuzzy on that one. I don't know um, that. What I do know is uh, just this whole energetic universe. It's it's all vibration. You know, it's where we set our vibration. Mm -hmm. And I know that as we set our vibration higher and higher and higher, it does bring in these things that you talk about. I can, for example, uh, I walk my dog and I bike and things, and I can look at a person just for an instant and I can know I can know them actually pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, I can that I can feel kind of what their life is by just looking at their presence for just a second. Um, so these things, I think, are part of what this conscious living thing is. So it wouldn't shock me at all if if these things are true, fourth and fifth dimension and psychic, because I think with higher vibration, this is kind of how it works. Right. That's really what it is. Our vibration is 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 rising. It's we're going to be, we're learning to, we're not learning to, but we are beginning to vibrate um, at a faster pace because this is, this is a very sluggish world. And for me, it's too sluggish. <laughs> honestly, honestly, you know, I've never felt right here. It's just the, 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 this slow thing just <laughs> never felt good to me. And I can't wait. <laughs> so many of us, probably your your viewers too, um, here, Randy, you know, my wife and I will comment. Uh, honestly, I think with what's happening, we're in the great shift of the ages, this great migration to conscious living. We're right in the middle of it. It's very challenging, very challenging. In this country, look at the polarity and politics and things. How could you not be challenged? You know, and then what's happening in the Middle East and in the Ukraine? I mean, how could you not be challenged? You know, so I think what happened here is... I think that uh, Conversations with God actually states it this way, that uh, with what this transition is, that uh, there was a call to the fullness of the universe of who, what souls out there might be willing to come and be born into this world mm -hmm. to just kind of support, you know, this transition, help make it a little easier, you know. And I think where there are many, 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 many souls, probably many listening, watching this program now, said, yeah, I'll do that. I agree. Uh, it's, but it's hard, you know, it's challenging. Don't make no mistake about it. And, uh, but, um, you know, we love ourselves so much and future generations, these kids, you know, you see these kids being born into the world that it's like, we're going to do this. You know, we are going to do this. We will not give up. We're going to the destination period. Mm -hmm. You're right. So something that comes to mind is, so I've always believed that, and, and like I said in the beginning that we're here to experience for the source, for source, okay, in a way that source cannot experience itself. So experience means challenges. Experience means learning and growing, and we don't learn and grow from just being in this conscious, happy space. We learn and grow from adversity, right? So, yes. right. go ahead. Yeah. Right. So, how do we, how do you see us um, progressing if 
there's not this duality between this good and this bad and this, you know, these problems and good times, happiness and sadness and everything. The what what I the way I like to look at this, and this is part of my daily practice too, and, and it's my greatest prayer, really, is uh use me, you know, use me. Just I'm here, I'm in a body, you know, I've got arms, got legs, got lungs. So and I know you, you know, the the, the wholeness of the universe we're, we're trying to help get same things done just like your programs about create healing for humanity uh so god just use me and um yes as you mentioned that means there's going to be we're out on the front line there's adversity uh neil donald walsh right now the press is coming at him over in florida they're banning books they're coming after him for his conversations with god books for teens you know very challenging he's 80 years old now having to deal with that so yes that's right there's adversity you know there are eras that are slung look at these two uh buddha and christ you know look look at these two and what these people did and i could there are many others too uh, i'll just call them out but where they were slogging through adversity where they were being used in the most magnificent way oh my god you know uh somebody robs them and they say give them you know go find some more money to give them you know i mean you know they slap them and then here's my other cheek you know just just unbelievable they're as examples of what this highest vibration is where, where this highest calling where we're being used in the most amazing extraordinary ways so um yeah i don't we're all going to be used in different ways but that would that's what i yes that takes us into adversity but um there's nothing that feels better you know than giving ourselves away being in service and uh so that's what i my prayer is just bring it on use me more 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 and uh let's 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 get this done you know let's help people as you mentioned the biggest problem actually is down at this microcosm individual level of just we're you know stuck in these in this uh an ego mind and without compassion for ourselves, and slogging it throughout the day tired when we hit the pillow you know just help people kind of break out of that into this other way of living right and in the work that i do so as i said i work with individuals who are go are trying to recover from abuse mainly from people who have personality disorders like narcissists and I have noticed in this work that this problem has gotten so big, it's epic. And there are so many of these predatory people out there and so many people trying to heal from it. And I don't have an answer for that. Do you have a, an opinion on, on why that's happening? Why there's so many predatory, selfish, uh non-empathetic non-loving people walking this planet now yeah it is true and narcissism even in this in this transformational education space it's big it's a big issue you know narcissism um and uh even dominator i mean isn't it interesting you know oneness and diversity and unity it is anything but dominator my god you know the dominator of well let's just have you know, you got 10 really extraordinary people. Let's let elevate one and just, you know, we're all going to just watch this one person, you know, uh, it, which goes on all the time in transformational education, too. So, right. yes, it's all here. Uh, narcissism, dominator, 
all of these things, many people that uh, then uh, feel used, you know, here. Mm -hmm. So it's why just this program where we're talking about uh, this, this fine time for healing, you know, it is a fine time for healing. So where we just bring out this, these truths where people can feel these truths. And I think it uplifts people and maybe even they shift their daily practice a little bit. And maybe they let this whole, you know, really just like we did, you know, where God was in the sky somewhere, but we're realizing no, she isn't, you know, yeah, she's up there. I don't need to go up into the sky. You know, it's right here. There's no separation. Quantum physics is telling us this is true. There's no separation. Um, so I think that's, that that's it. You know, um, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said, no darkness, you know, can't heal darkness. Only light can do that. So all of this darkness that we're talking about, light is the only thing that heals that. And just be our very best self. And, and at the same time, share, um, you know, we're not perfect or excellent all the time. You know, my wife would probably say, geez, so you could help maybe with this too. Uh, so, and that's okay. We don't have to be perfect or excellent all the time. We just want to do our best. You know, let's just do our best every day. And that's good enough. Right. And I had a thought as you were saying that it's kind of sparked a thought in me that it's really our reaction to those people that cause it to um, propagate. And so if we learn how not to react the way, um, not, not to be reactive to these kind of people, then they have no uh, targets. There's no targets. So really, I guess this is about conscious living, enlightenment, and not allowing that kind of behavior to permeate you. Yeah, exactly right. We could probably all think of, I mean, I can think of in this moment, uh, somebody that I think is truly evil, that is really uh, trying to take this, this planet and our country down. Uh, and I, I could kind of stop there and it's easy for me to, I'm human, just, just like everybody here. Uh, but I, I know I'm not doing any good if I stop there, that I've got to go to uh, just kind of seeing that this person too, when, when I say everybody's going to get there, we're all going to awaken into this. We're all going to, you know, seeing this person awakening into it too, and knowing that this is a possibility for all of us. And, you know, we've had, they say 900 to a thousand lives, something like that. Um, chances are in an earlier life somewhere I chose, you know, I went down the evil path myself. I got lost and people helped me. So, and that makes it easier too, where I see, you know, thank God I didn't do, you know, in this life, I get to uh, do, you know, what really feels good. And I probably, there's a slippery slope there. I've probably fallen down myself. And mm -hmm. so maybe I can lift some people up, um, I, in my book, you know, I share that story in Silicon Valley, a lot of the super wealthy or unbelievably challenged just having uh because of their lifestyle and having compassion right. for them which sounds kind of odd but i think it's true hmm. it's interesting so there there so you do agree that there is evil in this world yeah and evil is live spelled backwards you know evil uh right and if we want to live backwards then yeah oh. we just are seduced by these things uh that uh, they're temptations right they're all kinds of things that uh that we could fall into um and then there's a slippery slope once you fall into those and absolutely there's that kind of evil i i do think like the scientists say there's no sort of master like i was taught in catholic uh tradition master sort of devil it's just they're trying it's to satan 
Soleil. I think it's more of a state of mind as opposed to some some entity that's everywhere. Uh, and the state of mind now, it's easy to fall into. You know, temptation is real um, in these things. Yeah, I mean, this goes back all through the Bible. You know, there were times where temp temptation caused this, the entire society to end, you know, because they right. went too far with it, right? Yeah, it can it can easily happen, uh, you know. So uh, I think what what happens, you know, with this whole raft thing as I'm presenting it. So for me, is um, it's not that temptation completely goes away; it's always there. But this love of God and love of self, you know, what is said down through the ages too is where you really embrace this loving God and feel her energy love for you, then you start loving the whole world. And that's my experience. That's part of this raft thing is, uh, and then when that's happening, uh, then that's going on within you, then it does, it, it strengthens you where this temptation stuff is. You realize, you know, I don't want, none of that would take me where I want to go. You know, I, I want something much more important to me than any of that. Yeah, I mean, that sort of connects some dots for me because the core of healing from this kind of abuse is coming to self-love and self-protection, taking care of you. And, but that's really what you're talking about because when we can come to really appreciate who we are, and not feel like we're here to be slaves or, you know, um, pawns on a chessboard or something like that. When we can really feel that we are worthy of love, but we have to do it for ourselves first, don't you think? Absolutely. Let me, I'll tell a story on myself here um, with this one. So there's something called Enneagram, uh, which is emotional, about emotional mastery. There's a little five minute quiz you can take right into humanities team and we could send it to you a little five minute quiz uh, and it'll tell you then uh, just what your profile is in terms of who you are right now you know in terms of what you've got mastery over and where you're challenged um, now a lot of things are working for me my Enneagram did say there was one area uh, where Steve you got to really look at it and it was trust and what it specifically said is my parents were divorced, as I mentioned, you know, I grew up with divorced parents. And it it, uh, it said, you know, you need to go back to yourself at that early age and just really love yourself. Because there's a little bit of uh, what is seeped out of this is, is you, you're not sure who to trust because of you, you didn't know who to trust, you know, there mm -hmm. with parents that were so busy, you didn't really have parents, you know, a lot of the time. Um, so this is part of my own work is just really, you know, going back to that young guy that, uh, where parents weren't around and I made it work, but to just really love myself up, uh, cause this is exactly what you're, what you're going to, you know, is this whole, um, love for ourself, compassion for ourself. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying again that, uh, I don't know that we ever get like a hundred percent of that. We can completely heal that though. Uh, to me, you know, the, the thing that's healing, and I think that causes so many miracles to come into my life here, including trusting others, is I do believe uh, that uh, I'm all of us are loved to the absolute end of the earth, and that and the God is wanting is saying to any of us that put our hand up and say, "Use me," God says, "You bet, I'm going to use you," and God does. And part of how I'm used is just to transmit that um, that that sense of love and sense of 
compassion for self that even as something I didn't grow up with, you know, uh, in, mm -hmm. in, in the way that would have been more healthy for me. Exactly. I mean, what you're talking about is, you know, psychology calls it inner child work, but it's very important. It's very important to go back to that wounded child and make that child feel safe and loved and protected uh, in a way that they could not have done it, you know, on their own or before. You know, you said something, something just uh, popped into my head. In the beginning, you were saying that, um, I forget the word you use. Oh, they're like the plane. Our, our parents are the plane or the transit. Airport terminal, right? There it is, airport terminal. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you were saying that our parents are the airport terminal that brought us here. And I think that's important for people to understand. We come through our parents. We are not of our parents. But there's a lot of stigma in society that says we need to cling to the rules or, or the agendas of our parents. <clears throat> and it causes people a lot of pain. And I've always looked at it, and I had to look at it this way because of my parents, um, that I came through them. That was the gift that they gave me, all right? To me, that's the value that they have in my life, and it ends there. But <laughs> so, so I understand that. But when people can understand that they're coming through that family, that they're not, they don't need to be part of this you know, if a family is wonderful and it's great if it works, if everybody's, you know, supportive and loving and it works. But when it doesn't, it doesn't have to be forever. We have to see it for what it is. I think that was really an important statement you made. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Well, I, I do completely believe it's true that we do, we do not come from, it's why, you know, look at uh, in my family, a lot of my sibling have lots of kids. I mean, they don't have personalities, anything like their parents, you know, they just, there was a contract there where, okay, you know, I want to be your parent. You want to be my son, daughter, and, and here they are, but right. nothing in common whatsoever. Uh, they don't even look like them in many cases. So, uh, yeah, we're just, they're just airport terminals delivering us to the earth from source, you know, from, from that, the most high. And there are many, many implications here. You're getting to a bunch of them. Uh, one that uh, uh, there can be, you can not have a lot in common with and, and even, you know, just sort of, well, they delivered me and that's kind of going to be what it's, what it's all about. Mm -hmm. um, it can be lead to other things in terms of, as you mentioned, you know, their agenda, then, you know, they're trying to sort of put that agenda on you. And this is why, you know, my first uh, of my important decisions in the three there in conscious living started with this whole uh, tune out the worldly noise. And this, boy, your parents are a big part of this and friends and coworkers and listen to that still small voice uh, because, you know, my my parents and my uh, coworkers and friends, when I, in, in my book, I share, I when I left IBM, which was in the 80s, it was the big, Search of Excellence was out, this book, you want to go there. I was on, in, in the executive resources list, they were going to promote me and I quit, went into this two-person uh, used furniture executive suite. People thought I'd lost my mind. You know, entrepreneurship wasn't big then in 1990. It was only later that it came along. Right. They thought I'd just, you know, you just jumped off a cliff, you crazy, you know. <laughs> and then if you think that was bad, when I when I 
then hit it big and I was in the private jet world and I said, I'm leaving it and I'm done with business and it's gonna, it's a spiritual path for me. Wow, then everybody thought I should go into a mental institution or something. <laughs> uh, so did you yeah. know where did you know where you were gonna land or did you just feel yourself being pulled in it in a direction? Yeah, the latter. I just I, I just knew boy, my soul's calling was so mm -hmm. strong then of I just lost passion. And, and even started seeing traditional business, not conscious business, where there's a massive opportunity right now, but traditional business where you're just out, you know, let's grow the top line, let's grow the bottom line. I saw it as a contributor to this dysfunctional planet. And I said, I've got a, you know, there's a bigger, more important role I can play than, than being the CEO, founder of companies with stockholders and stuff. Uh, you know, I'm playing a kid's game here. I need to go, let's go play, you know, in the adult world. So, and I need and, to. And I think it's important for people to understand there's a pool, but you may not get the answers. And I know for me, there was a pool for a good 10 years where I'm like, what is this about? Where is this going? Where is this taking me? But I, but I knew it was going somewhere. I just didn't know where, you know, so I followed it. And, um, so for people who are feeling that pull, understand, you, don't, you may not get all the answers, but you just have to go towards that. So important. Yes, thank you for bringing that out. Uh, same thing with me. I, I left these associations, sold my businesses, and I didn't have anything to do for two years. <laughs> I was sitting there for two years and had no idea what I was going to do next, but I knew that I'd done the right thing. I needed to close doors for new doors to open. And I just was patient with it. And my wife back then said, uh, let me think of the exact term she used. She said, she said, you just seem a little lost. Uh, so, cause I just, you know, everything was sold and done and I'm there with for a couple of years without really knowing exactly what my next uh, endeavor was going to be. Yeah. When we, we're, my husband and I are originally from Baltimore, Maryland, and we decided we were getting out of there and we were going to go to Florida. And when we moved here, we didn't have a place to live. We didn't have jobs. We had no source of income. And we just did it with faith that this is where we're supposed to be. And it, the only thing we knew was where our son was going to go to school. That was it. And everything sort of circled around that. And it all worked out beautifully. But there was a point in time where we said to each other, things aren't going so well. Maybe we made a mistake, you know. But in the end, it wasn't. And that was a leap of faith that changed so much in our lives. So, um, you know, this is all part of the same kind of uh, thought process to just follow where you're being led. Exactly right. So what's said in the way the good book shares is it says you'll be given the vision. That's that what you know you were called to leave. And whenever you get that vision, you know you will get the provision, right? So they always go together. Now, boy, such an important point can be 10 years, two years, long time. And you're going, wow, you know, this is this un this is uncomfortable. Uh, but just like you said, these the greatest leaps of faith always result in the greatest opportunity, you know, in terms of what our life becomes. So if we can, if we can just know the truth and take that jump, uh, it'll be re rewarded in a huge way. Right. And so that's all within us. We have it. We just have to get out of our own way, like we were talking about in the, you know, the beginning of the show, and listen, because some of us, I know I was one of these people, 
that I had to get hit by a two by four upside the head. I had, I just didn't listen. I just had to get shoved to the ground before I went, okay, I don't think I know how to do this help. <laughs> um, and there, and I, when I work with people, I see, you know, there are some people like that. They just need to go all the way down before they're ready to hear. Um, and I really admire people who don't have to do that because um, that can be pretty horrible. But yeah, you know, and there will be a lull of time. I, there For 10 years, I just screamed at the universe, what do you want? What is it you want from me? What, what am I supposed to be doing? And I learned that's not really the best way to figure it out, you know, screaming at the universe. It's better to say, thank you for bringing something to me rather than why aren't you? But um, but it, all in all, you know, it, it does work out. So um, you have any last words to leave us with? Yeah, so my, my last words will be, um, we like to call this a Galileo moment. So um, very briefly, Galileo, 1600s, the guy with the telescope that said the earth is, is you know, we're, we're not the center of the universe. You know, everything is not revolving around the earth. Uh, and uh, there was the Spanish Inquisition. You might know he was put under house arrest and all till, till the day he died. The only reason he didn't get killed is he recanted and said, oh, I was only kidding. But other people with telescopes said, no, it's true, actually. <laughs> we are revolving around a sun in a solar system. We're not the center of the universe. The reason I bring up this little story is um, we're calling this the Galileo moment now. We, that was actually something given to us, that little story, uh, that there's even a greater uh, challenge in today's world than, than that. And, and that is that we've been brought in the quantum physics, the mystical understandings that, that we're not separate, this optical delusion thing that uh, Einstein referred to, that we we are actually, uh, we're, we're deeply connected. In fact, there is a universal consciousness animating all of life, a oneness that we belong to. And my invitation to people is just to really, you know, feel into that, go in prayer to, to that, uh, live into that if you can believe that that's true. If you were in a place where you, education would be helpful, our nonprofit humanities team with a Y, humanitiesteam.org has lots of free programs. Uh, Neil and I are even giving away, Neil, Donald Walsh and I, our brand new masterclass called uh, The Art and Science of Conscious Living. You'll find it on the humanities team site. I say giving away because uh, you get to name your own price. It's only, we've never done it before, but all the things we're talking about are so important that where we're saying if somebody doesn't even have two cents, then they can go through for free, uh, a full 16 module mentoring masterclass. So that in my book, A New Universal Dream, you know, which you can at a newuniversaldream.com, you can uh, learn. Yeah, there you go. The the story where I've just kind of gotten to some of the most important decisions, but it's a 50 year journey. All of my decisions, you know, I'm just uh, totally honest about everything in there. And 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 the purpose is to support you, you know, everybody on on our, their conscious journey. Right. What an incredible journey that you are on. I know I've been on an incredible journey, and I, you know, I always say anybody could write a book because life is incredible. <laughs> There's so much that happens. Um, <clears throat> okay, so it's uh, humanity, humanities. What is your website? Humanities team with a Y. Humanities yeah. humanitiesteam.com. Okay. Humanitiesteam.org. And you have lots of resources there. I know you have a blog where I got a lot of information from. Um, and is, is there a lot of free information there for people? 
there's a ton. You know, pull down up at the top, uh, humanitiesteam.org. It says programs. Pull down the free programs. Look at all of them. There's uh, just a ton of them. Uh, incredible tools in these. So, and then a full-on masterclass. This one uh, where you under masterclasses, the art and science of conscious living, where you could go through for free. Even we want all eight billion people on the planet to go through because it's getting to these things that we're talking about that I think are the most important things we could be talking about on the planet right now. I agree with you. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, Randy, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, have a wonderful day and um, take care. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.